This is the Trivium Dad Podcast. My name is Nick, and welcome. Dearest listeners, I'm here to ask for your support, not your financial support. It would be great if you could donate. It would help support the Trivium Dad podcast and Upward Enrichment Service. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, then leave a review because it will help other people find the show. And two, tell a friend about the show, or better yet, tell a whole bunch of friends. Thank you. This program may contain strong languages and topics that might not be suitable for all listeners. Welcome to the Trivium Dad Podcast. My name is Nicholas Jones, and tonight I want to continue to look at uh, trends in the United States. In my previous podcast, I hope you've listened to it. If you have not listened to those podcasts in which I talk about marriages and divorce, this podcast will be dedicated to the birth rates. And I'm still trying to make the connection. Less people are getting married and there is a nominal increase in divorce. And this podcast will focus more so on the decline of birth rates. What does that mean for us? And what does that mean for our children? During the pandemic, I would have thought birth rates would have gone up as more people were home working remotely. Uh, If you were married or a couple, you were spending more time together and it afforded the opportunity to think about expanding the family. You're together constantly. So it just made sense to me that there would have been uh, a spike in the birth rate during the pandemic. But it seems like it was the total opposite. And it kind of, as you think about it, it kind of makes sense, right? Because you're in the pandemic. There's a lot of uncertainty and fear. You don't know if your job is going to be secure, especially if you're working in the restaurants, hotel, event management, or even hospitality, probably work at the airlines. And those were the industries that got hit the hardest. And if you're, you know, not sure if if you're going to keep your job and, you know, everybody knows how hard it is to afford children, especially nowadays with inflation. If you go shopping, you know, grocery shopping uh, with the shortage, with the price increases, it becomes tough to try to afford everything that you need in order to take care of a child. Remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, when it came to Pampers, there was something with the chemicals in which it was becoming more difficult to make the, the, make the Pampers. And as a result, the prices just spiked similar to lumber. And I believe even right now with meat, I think there's like a shortage of chicken wings in Texas. So it's just right now it, It becomes so hard for people to try to stretch their money. 3.6 million births in the United States in 2020. Seems like a large number, but that's the lowest number of births since 1979. The birth rate is going down and the birth rate is defined by the number of babies per thousand 
women, there is a 19% decline in the birth rate since its peak in 2007. Think about what happened in 2007 afterwards. That's when we fell into the Great Recession. That's when the housing market, that bubble popped, subprime mortgages. If you were driving around, especially in my neighborhood, 50% of the houses had for sale signs. I know even I live in New York, but when I visited Florida, houses that were going for 200K were going for like 30,000. So if you had the money and the foresight, you know, people were just scooping up these houses. And right now, you know, a lot of them may have recouped their equity. But back then, people were really suffering. They couldn't, they couldn't keep their houses. They had to leave. They had to figure out life. People think about childcare and living in uh, the right school district. And to live in a school district that has, uh, when it comes to elementary, middle, and high schools that really are of top quality and have national rankings, it costs a lot of money to live in those neighborhoods to pay the property tax. You have to work and you have nobody to watch your children. Child care is astronomical. And that alone could be a job by itself trying to pay that. Couple that again with fear of the future. And you don't know what's going to take place. And when you have a children, you know, they grow really quick because then you're starting to think, how am I going to afford college? How am I going to afford to put my child in the right school? How am I going to pay that tuition? There's a lot of factors that people are considering. And when the pandemic hit, although you might think that birth rate might spike, actually is continuing to go down. And that has been a trend since the 1960s when the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, developed the Burke control pill, which had a 100% or nearly a 100% effect on preventing pregnancies. And when they developed that pill initially with, you know, minors who had access to it, you could only get like three pills if you were 15 in 1968. But then when you start to look at that again, in 1972, if you were 15, you could get 14 pills. In 1975, if you were 15, you could get 21 pills. So it was really, at first, it was hard to get the pills. But then when, you know, you turned 21 and became an adult, that's when you could have got Pretty much as much as 51 pills per month. So you just have more access. So over time, it was much more easier to to get access to the birth control pills. And that's when you started to see a dip in teen pregnancies. Second is you got to think about in 1973 with Roe versus Wade, which was a monumental court decision in which it legalized abortion. And then states started to reform their laws based on circumstances, for instance, rape or incest, or if having a baby was going to have a fatal effect on the future mother. Contraceptives started to come into play, which there was many now, there was many different methods from an IUD or injectables using the pill condoms or two or more methods to try to prevent pregnancies. And then you had sexual education in the high schools and classes that kind of talked about HIV and AIDS and STDs and herpes. And it became more apparent. And then even MTV had the show 16 and Pregnant or something like that. I don't remember the name, but it was showing how these kids, and that's what they were. They were 16 year old kids were the, you know, the mom. She had the baby, 
And then you would see like the guy was hardly ever around, if I remember correctly. And they were struggling to pay, you know, pay bills. And the parents were taking care of both that 16 year old mother and the baby. And if you if you heard what I said before, there was a term tri-generational enmeshment. So now you have a grandmother that's thinking that she's the mom of the baby, uh, that she is the mom of the 16-year-old. The 16-year-old is acting like a kid, and the baby is in that environment. Could be dysfunctional or not. And if you wanted to limit children, women could just tie their tubes. So there was many different ways in which now to prevent pregnancy. People are more informed to know what it is to have a child. So as you had the birth control pill, you had access now to abortions. You had many different ways in which there were contraceptives available starting from the 1960s moving onward. All of those factors made it much more easy to prevent pregnancies. And the folks that, you know, they went to college, they obtained their bachelor's degree, master's, or even PhD. More likely than not, they're marrying people that are also college educated. And those folks, you know, are more likely to focus on their career and have children later on in life in their mid thirties, early forties. You know, people realize that having children again is very expensive. So no matter where you fall on the socioeconomic bracket, you just realize that is that something that you want in your life? If you can't figure out what it takes to, you know, live and to pay that rent and to find a job that's secure. Because if you, you know, you don't need a fancy degree. There's a lot of people in life that are just naturally smart. They're self-read. They they take the time to learn. And college degree or not, they just know what makes sense for them. And it's really, do people, do people want to get married? Because they, they may have seen in their lives that their parents was arguing all the time when they were around and they could see they, you know, you know, they have a predetermined or they just feel like, you know, why, why get married? It just seems like it just doesn't work out knowing that it's a 50, 50 coin flip of staying married or getting a divorce, having children. People are deciding maybe that is not for me. I just need to figure out my own life, figure out what makes me happy. If that's upward trajectory in my career, trying to focus on, you know, securing wealth, uh, doing what makes you happy. It's no surprise that the birth rates are down. There's too many factors that kind of, you know, make it, you know, it doesn't even seem viable to have a child because it's so hard to to make sure that. You have the time, money, and that you, you're securing yourself that you know that you're going to be a great parent and that you have that confidence. What that means in society is if there's less people having babies and with more people dying, especially now with the pandemic, close to 600,000 people have died in the United States. If people are dying at an exponential rate and there's less people, and there's less babies being born, that affects the population. That affects our future because who is going to contribute to the workforce and to continue to fund Social Security? You know, I'm 40, so 
when I get to 65, that's 25 years away. Will there be people that will be funding that Social Security? Will that be there for me? The population matters because that's what influences the economy. You need people to work. You need people to shop. It, it becomes everything is interconnected. So if the population is declining, so is our innovation, our ingenuity. We're, we're going to have less folks available. That just that just takes away our resources resources is really we got to figure out you know what's what does the future look like for us for us folks that have children is it when you know i have i have a 14 year old you know four years he's gonna he's gonna be in college what does that mean how does it affect my children in the short term and in the long term does it make it much more easier to get selected to highly selective colleges what does that mean for financial aid packages? In the short term, that should be fine. Ten years from now, you know, what does that mean for my child? If there's less, you know, people, if the population is not growing, is the future look like there's prospects when it comes to jobs, when it comes to the housing market? Am I gonna be with children that do not ever want to get married that don't want to have kids am i going to be an old man that won't see grandchildren what does that mean for me what does that mean for you that's something that we got to think about and i think about it not more so to stress me out but to prepare me because right now my children are pretty much at an age that none of this will impact me i think if i was starting out to have children knowing what i know now i think i got lucky because I don't remember the cost being as high as it is now. And that's considering adjusting, you know, incomes and prices from 2021 to 2005. It just felt like I could have stretched money more so back then than I could now. It's really inflation, the lack of jobs, the lack of jobs that pay well, the quality of jobs that are out there going to college and coming out with $100,000 in student debt. Do people even think that they could own a house? Do you want to raise a family in a one-bedroom apartment? Do you want to live a life in which you're sacrificing every day just because you want your child to have just the bare necessities? Parents do that anyway. I do that. But it would be a lot more now and i have teenagers so i think for me it's more so groceries and laundry that's really where i feel like maybe i need a second job <laughs> so that uh it could just be a little easier for for my family during generations you figure it out every generation uh had their their difficulties if you you know were born or you lived through the great depression or World War One, World War Two, Vietnam War, Cuban Missile Crisis. Throughout history, there was something that people always had to deal with. So it's not, you know, ever anything new that you don't have to deal with obstacles. I'm just presenting what I'm seeing. And again, I, this is just my opinion. These are my thoughts. I think if we start to think and to debate, because if you think I'm wrong, then, you know, we could have a conversation, an intellectual conversation, conversation in which we look at each other's opinion. And we, we could adjust. I could always adjust my argument if someone brings valid points. But this is this is where we need a conversation. This is where we need to come together and talk. And most of all, we need to support one another. Follow us on social media. U-E-S-N-Y-S. Check out the website, uesnys.com. 
Give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Thank you for listening. 